Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cricket Unfiltered. I'm Menes, and I'm here to wrap up day two from the Boxing Day test. I've got with me Jono Baruch, who's been at the MCG all day. Jono, we'll get into the details of the day, but you would have to say quite an intriguing day's test cricket. Certainly was, Menes. Great to be back with you. I was thinking right up until the... I've got to say until like maybe 10 minutes before drinks in the final session that it was Pakistan's day. But as is done so many times before, Pat Cummins takes it upon himself to be the man for Australia and lead from the front. And what a spell of bowling absolutely flipped the day and flipped the game on its head as is done so many times before. And as it stands, Australia are in a pretty good position. They are indeed. So Australia started the day three for 187. They lost seven for 131 to be all out for 318. And then in reply, Pakistan were cruising at one for 124 with Shafiq and Shah Massoud batting very nicely. But then they lost five for 46 and they eventually finished the day six for 194, trailing Australia by 124 runs. So a decisive collapse by Pakistan. But I guess, Jono, let's go back to the beginning of the, the day. What, what did you think of the rest of Australia's batting effort and also Pakistan's bowling today? I thought Pakistan bowled quite well. They The first hour yesterday, they were a little bit all over the shop and really let Australia get away, kind of putting their decision to bowl first you know, kind kind of making it look like the wrong call. But we, we didn't record a podcast yesterday, um, Menace, because we were both busy with other things. But I actually thought Pakistan 
aside from that first session, had a really good day with the ball when they were unlucky not to take more than three wickets, particularly in that middle session before they went off with that big rain delay where it was really, really dark at the MCG. They waited they waited about 20 minutes before they turned the lights on. Um, and they really continued um, they really continued with that today, but got the reward. Shaheen Afridi, you know, yesterday bowled 20 wicketless overs, um, which T- didn't tell the full story just how well we how well he bowled made the first incision today with Travis Head so he bowled well and led the way Amir, Amir Jamal um, backed up his good performance on debut from Perth he took another three wickets to really be the pick of the Pakistani bowlers so in that sense Pakistan bowled really really well and got their rewards. They bowled well. They restricted Australia to, they didn't quite keep them to below 250, which they said they wanted to. They got them to about 318, which looked for a minute there while they were batting. It looked like it wasn't going to be enough and Pakistan were potentially going to take first innings points. Um, But the Australian batters, well, Five of them got stars. There were five scores between 25 and um, 60, 63, I think, Manus finished mm. up. That's not including extras. Pakistan bowled um, 52 extras, which is um, a record for the MCG. Really? Um, so that certainly let them down a lot as well. So, um, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting day's cricket. 13, 13, um, 13 wickets, um, over 200 runs. It was a... Fairly even days cricket and really, really good. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, looking at that batting effort from Australia, yeah, Travis Head was the first player out to, Shaf- to Shaheen Afridi, bit of a loose shot. Then uh, Labashain was out for 63, caught by Shafiq off Jamal. He'd be he'd be disappointed to edge that one, Jono. He got the start. He was looking at scoring a big 100. And uh, you mentioned to me before we started recording that Pat Cummins had some words about Labashain and Smith. Yeah, well, Pat Cummins did the post-game press conference. And just on minus, this is this is the MCG's the last mainland ground in Australia that he hasn't scored 100 on. And I put out a tweet yes, yesterday after play that he was on 44 overnight. This was a really, really good opportunity for him to break the duck. duck. The pitch looked overnight that it was going to get better to bat on. And as Pakistan got into their work today, it certainly did get, get better. But they Pakistan, they were very clever with the way that they bowled to both Labashain and Smith, you know, adjusting the wider line. And Labashain's been nicking off a lot in the last 12 months. So they just pushed the balls that little bit wider and eventually Manus nicked one again. And he'd be, he'd be disappointed with himself, Manus, letting another opportunity like that go go begging but yeah mm. Pat Cummins was very very highly of them in the press conference post post play today just saying that as as much as they have lean lean um calendar years um century wise um scoring wise by their um lofty standards that they'd set them for themselves when they'd put up year on year averaging 60 they might have they might have fallen a little bit back to the pack a little bit now but you still back them in as quality players to get back up to that um, standing. And there's still plenty more opportunities, particularly in this summer coming now where they'll be able to, you don't, you don't necessarily want to fill say the boots. words, fill your boots with the opposition. That, yeah. With the opposition that's coming, but 
let's call a spade a spade, they're going to get that opportunity um, and to get their confidence back. Yeah, indeed. The next player out was Alex Carey. He was out for four. A bit unlucky, God. When things are going against you, inside edge off Shaheen Afridi, Rizwan takes a good catch um, off the inside edge, moving. Well, which way was he moving? He was moving left instead of right and took a very good catch um, low down. Yeah, Adam and, Gilchrist and Ian Smith were very excited about this catch. Yeah, it was a very good catch. And uh, look, John, I think you have to say Kerry needs a score. I think there's a genuine push for Josh Inglis, who's shown himself to be a match winner in white ball cricket. He would bring a different dynamic to number seven, Josh Inglis. He's, well, he bats in the top order in white ball cricket. But, you know, I think Alex Kerry, he wouldn't want to miss out the rest of the series. Otherwise, you know, there's a, the chance he might find himself sitting on the bench against the West Indies. Yeah, I don't think he's in danger of losing a spot against the Windies per se, but I definitely agree with you that he does he does need a score and he needs one relatively quickly. Like 12 months ago, he was out in the middle of the MCG making 100. Well, I, I, I don't say what you want about the different formats of the game and how time passes and how you say that things won't affect you. Um, the Bairstow incidents clearly affected him. And it was it was interesting listening to Alex Carey speak before um before the game at the MCG a couple of days ago. I think um news called Robert Craddock's written a piece about this um at for stumps to appear in the papers tomorrow. But Carey spoke about wanting to reclaim his place in the white ball side, but you're hundred percent right, man, is that he needs a score to keep his spot in the test side now. And, you know, he kept kept nicely today. He took a catch. There were a few wides that he probably couldn't get to because they were stray deliveries from Mitchell Stark and a few of the other bowlers. But aside from that, his keeping's going well. So he just really needs to focus himself on his wicket-keeping, which ultimately, if you're a wicket-keeper in the test side, you're being picked by your wicket-keeping and you're batting as a bonus, not the other way around, which... Australia has gotten themselves into trouble by picking that way a couple of times. But I 100% agree with you. He needs to be performing with the bat and with the ball. You know, as you said, coming out with number seven at number seven, it's such a it's such an important position if you're in trouble early or if you can counter-attack or uh, if you can just keep the pressure on and move the game along if the batters up the top have done, done the work. So, yeah, it's... We're in a position now in this test match, man, is where third innings runs are going to be absolutely crucial. And if he gets a chance to bat, he is definitely want to make going to want to make the most of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so little threat there from Josh Inglis. And then Australia's tail kind of fell away and they were all out for 318. A couple of things of note, though. Mitchell Stark went past 2,000 test runs. A good achievement for him, averaging 22 with 10 half centuries, includes a 99 against India. How close he went to scoring a test century. Um, And also, um, I thought, you know, we often criticise Pakistan's fielding, but their outfield catching at the end of the Australian innings was fantastic. The, the You know, the catches to get Stark, Cummins, Mitchell Marsh and Lyon were all well held in the outfield. 
Yeah, well, the thing was Mir Hamza who took um, a couple of them um, on the boundary line to remove um, Cummins and um, I think it was um, Hazelwood or Lyon the last Lion. Week before. It Lion. was um, Lion. Lion. It was right in front of right in front of us, the third man at the in front of the press box. But you just took a couple of great outfield catches there, and especially after the dolly that Abdullah Shafiq um, dropped on. Day one, he had another he had another moment there. Um, Shafiq, where he um, claimed to catch that and clearly hit the ground, but he he got a, He got a catch. He got the first catch of the day to remove Travis Head, so that would have made him feel a little bit better about himself. Um, Menes, um, I want to touch on Mitchell Marsh. Um, obviously, came out today, um, played well for his forty-one before he put one right down um, Amir Jamal's throat at deep point, as he said, another fantastic catch. But what a turnaround for him. You know, six years ago, he was walking out on Boxing Day getting absolutely booed and because he'd taken Pete Hanscom's spot in the side. And now he's walking out to the MCG, getting cheered by the crowd. He was down in front of Bay 13 um, with Bay 13 chanting, we love the bison and he's dancing around and waving his hands in the air doing the Ronaldo Sue back to the crowd getting involved. So <laughs> what a turnaround. And it, it's really, it's really, it's in every sport, in in most sportsmen's lives are often flashpoints. And you think back to that day at the MCG where he was booed by the Victorian crowd and it was really ugly and it wasn't nice. And just to see, particularly in the last few years, how Mitchell Marsh has really developed himself as a cricketer and become a leader and now he's gotten himself back into the test team and for him to get that reception, I just thought that was a really nice moment. Kind of the kind of the Victorian crowd saying, you know, we're sorry for what happened in 2018. Mm. It was wrong. So I just thought that was really, really nice. Yeah. It was very nice. And, you know, while off the field, WA and Victoria seem to be arguing over crowd figures. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah, you can. I've never sworn, what but you can. F- oh, I'll, I'll, I'll be good, but seriously, there are some some people there who just love whinging about mundane stuff, and that is just like, I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Yeah, it's you know, a chip on the crowd. shoulder. And it, it, I think it, a lot of it stems from the AFL rivalry. I, I just can't explain it. It's a national cricket team. Come out and support them. Indeed. All right. So speaking of that national cricket team, they were all out for 318, as we discussed. You're right. Mitch Marsh played a nice 41. He just peeled off 41 off 60 deliveries and got that score up over 300. And then... Imam Al-Haq was the first player out for Pakistan when the score was 34. Nathan Lyon got the wicket. He just ed- edged one to second slip. Manus Labashain took a good catch. That had Pakistan won for 34. But then a lovely 90-run partnership between Shafiq and Masood got Pakistan into a, a relative comfortable uh, position. And, uh, you know, it was about, as you say, it was about an hour and a half to go in the day's play, and it looked like Pakistan could really challenge this 318-run first-inning score. But then 
Um, Cummins went bang, bang, two wickets in two overs, and they were big wickets. He caught and bowled Shafiq for 62, and then he he bowled Babur Azam for one, and that really took the, knocked the stuffing out of um, Pakistan. You know, brilliant stuff from Cummins. Um, he must have been very, very pleased with himself in the press conference. Yeah, well, he was late to the press conference because he was in an ice bath, but it absolutely... Um... Absolutely well-deserved ice bath. It was a great shift from him and all the fast bowlers. Um, it was interesting. I was speaking with Murph Hughes in the lunch break and we name drop. were kind of on the same name drop, Murph Hughes, um, Victoria's favourite. Um, friend of the he would, podcast. He, he would have been friend of the podcast. He would have been happy seeing um, Travis Head revving up the crowd and um, leading a stretching routine um, mm. in, the afternoon, in the afternoon there. That was an absolute sight to behold. But we, we kind of said that... Um, the first 15 overs or so would be key for Pakistan. And they got through that initial examination. They got through the first hour after lunch, didn't lose a wicket. You know, it was really stoic from both um, Imam Al-Haq and Abdullah Shafiq, mm. kind of doing the same thing that they usually do, you know, blunting the Australian tack, making them come back. And then Nathan Lyon comes in, finds it, finds it, um, has Abdullah Shafiq dropped at leg slip. And then two balls later, he gets, um, he gets Imam Al caught at second slip, and then, as you as, as you rightly said, Abdullah and Shan combine, and it's the perfect mix of attacking flair but also compactness. You know, Shan's really taken this approach to be the aggressor. You know, he's taken on the role as the captaincy now, but in the last twelve months or so, he's really tried to be more an aggressive test batter. Yap his strike rate a little bit more take it to the opposition and Shafiq relies on his technique, but he's, because his technique so beautiful is very easy on the eye to watch. He can get those great shots away. So they both made it to 50 before um, Pat Cummins, uh, as we said up the top, just so many times where he sees this moment and been able to produce one of those magic spells and magic moments. And I can't remember what test it was, but he did it in Pakistan where he did, where he just had a ridiculous court and bowled off his own um, bowling, and that seemed to flick the switch and turn the tide. And it was two, it was two wickets and three overs. You know, first he gets some um, Shafiq with a fingertip of court and bowled, then he gets a, an absolute brilliant delivery. I called it a dream ball in the um, in yeah, the big press conference, and his big off cutter nip back through the gate, top of up stump. He's building a nice catalogue of those. Um, um, for the end of his career, absolutely. So that's yeah. So and that sort of triggered it. And it, it, there was a lot of talk about you know bowling captains. How's he going to go? But I think Ben is the way that he sort of leads by example, gets the big wickets, brings himself back on, makes the key breakthroughs. It allows Nathan Lyon to come back in and get Shah Masood, and it allows Josh Hazelwood to bowl a fantastic delivery to get Salad Shaquille. And from then, Australia's back driving the bus. Yeah, you're right, indeed. Um, I, I thought Sean Masood's shot um, to Nathan Lyon was, well, not a good shot to get out. Skying one up in the air, looking to go over the top. I mean, I know he'd been positive against Lyon, but probably not the right time for that one. He was out 54. I guess the, the, the big hope for Pakistan is Mohammad Rizwan. He's not out on 29. And he's someone who can score quickly and, and maybe get this score from sixth for 194 up past 250. And then Pakistan aren't too far behind on the first innings. 
Yeah, well, it, it's very it's very interesting the way you look at it. You, the way you look at it now, you're six for one nine four. There's still 120 behind. You'd say Australia would come out tomorrow and try wrap it up quickly, but if Pakistan can get to about 60 or 70 or 60 runs behind. Um, as we said before, this game is now in a spot where third innings runs are going to be absolutely crucial. So how quickly do Australia want to go? How much time do they want to give themselves? Do they want it to be over in four days? Do they want to take it to <laughs> day five? You know, we, we don't, Pakistan we don't might know, win. know what Pakistan might win. You never know. So, the first hour tomorrow is going to be absolutely crucial. And if Australia is batting by lunch or just after lunch, then we probably know which way it's going to head. And you, from the seeing, from seeing the way Australia cleaned up the job in um, Perth, um, they'd be backing themselves to do similar. And, but the deck is getting better for batting. But as we've seen by tonight, there is enough there if you put the ball in the right area, which should back Australia to do a lot more consistently than Pakistan. Yeah, you're right. Um, Pat Cummins said on Fox afterwards that the the deck is getting better to bat on. So maybe, you know, Pakistan will feel that if they can just get, as we've said, you know, to within touching distance of Australia and then have an inspiring performance with the ball, they can leave themselves sort of a 200-run chase on this in on, on this pitch, which, you know, wouldn't be completely out of reach, 200, 250. So, you know, intriguing day's cricket set up for tomorrow. You know, the best of the bowlers, Pat Cummins, three for 37, Nathan Lyon, two for 48, Josh Hazelwood, one for 29. They're the three wicket takers. Jono, thanks for joining me to wrap up day two from the Boxing Day test. Any other bits of gossip, you know, from around the place, the press box? Um, yeah, well, what else has been happening? Uh, well, people have been raving about the spread, Menes, um, which I can no, tell you it's been do. absolutely fantastic. It's been absolutely fantastic here at the MCG. And, stuffing um, your face. No- <laughs> uh, always. Well, you you gotta like you gotta make sure that you're looked after when you come and work a busy day's cricket. I'm looking forward to seeing what their CJ has put up for us next week, mate. So better 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 hope that there's um a beautiful spread there waiting for all of us, which I'm sure we're all excited to get into. A, a, lot, of the ju- a lot of a lot of the journals comment on your recent addition to Cricket Unfiltered. <laughs> yeah, a couple, a couple of them sort of seen around, but it's good. It's nice to, it's nice to be on board. And no rain today, and hopefully no more rain tomorrow. When we get another full day's cricket and another good crowd today. Um, forty four thousand mm. in the G today. So hopefully there's no, hopefully there's another big crowd getting down tomorrow. Excellent, I agree. Well, Jono, thanks for joining me. Uh, from the MCG. Listeners, thanks for tuning in to Cricket Unfiltered. We'll be back after day three. This is a Piccolo Podcast production. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.